Uh, that's why. I, that's why I cut my dreads, bro. Just because of that guy. So I don't have them anymore. Got a beard and it's looking something fierce. Having beers with my peers and talking rap careers. Reflecting on the years, connecting on the tears. Shipwreck faith ain't always as appears. I'm bringing you fresh music. I'm bringing fresh ideas. I'm bringing you the dudes in the indie music beers. Chilling after shows and talking about the pain with people who learned how to face it and be sane. Sipping on a brew, doing interviews. No topics off the table, but we focus on breakthroughs. So kick up your feet, we're gonna put it in check. You're listening to brews, beards, and shipwrecks. One, two. One, two, one, my checks don't bounce Royal Ruckus on the scene just to announce We got the brews, we got the beards Tasty interviews for your ears to hear One, two, one, two, one, my checks don't bounce Royal Ruckus on the scene just to announce We got the brews, we got the beards Tasty interviews for your ears to hear Welcome to this episode of Brews, Beers, and Shipwrecks Let's get into it. I'm Jamie, also known as Chun J from Royal Ruckus. I'm here with my co-host. Nomadic Vagabond. Dude, we got some friends in the house. Say what up, guys. What up, guys? What up? What up? <laughs> <laughs> Man, we, we've got Illustrate here tonight, and we've got Jeremiah Dirt, both from the mighty Shadow of the Locust crew. And Nomadic is from Shadow Locust crew, too. That's true. That's true. And sometimes I pretend that I'm part of the Shadow Locust crew. Uh, you're 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 an affiliate, which makes you part of the Shadow Locust crew, also. <laughs> so I guess this is a big uh, Shadow Locust get down. What's going on, yes. guys? Chilling like a villain. Yeah, man. <laughs> Did everybody bring something to drink? Yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> I brought the Sani water, which I heard is not really water, so I don't I don't know what I'm drinking. <laughs> Isn't it just like purified tap water? Made to taste Yeah, good? I don't I don't buy it because I think it's anything special. I just buy it because it's easy to pull out of the fridge cold, you know. Well, I applaud you for drinking water. You should always Thank drink you. water. What do yes. you got, Matic? Uh I got two things. I got a... Polar sparkling watermelon lemonade, you know, oh, wow. just to get a little, you know, hydration. And then I uh, got a this IPA. It's a collaboration with MXPX and a uh, local brewery, actually in Washington, called Silver City. That's incredible, MXPX. Mm -hmm. man. I mean, that's like punk rock from from the nineties. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I was like, oh, I mean. Besides punk rock, what's more punk rock than hip hop? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. That's true. I, you know, I always wanted to be down with with dudes like that. I, I always loved playing uh, rock shows. I know Dirt went on some rock tours and stuff. I mean, I always felt like the crossover crowds were fantastic. Uh, and now we've got crossover beers. Yeah, I don't even have hip hop fans. I've realized it's just punk rock and rock fans. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I, I'm drinking tonight something uh, unexpected, uh, at least for Nomadic. This will catch him off guard a little bit. I'm drinking a Heineken Zero. That's right. Mm. Uh, I'm not much of a Heineken drinker, um, but this is my non-alcoholic beer of the night is the Heineken Zero. And I'm sipping on some bubbly from Aldi. Not not bubbly nice. champagne, bubbly water. <laughs> well, that, the Heineken Zero, though, the, the can's actually going to protect the flavor better. So it's not going to get that traditional skunky Heineken flavor everybody's so used to. To be honest, uh, the Heineken Zero is much better in a can than in a bottle. There you go. 
probably for that very reason. How about you, Illustrate? I got some of this uh, homebrewed Memphis tap water here. So, <laughs> you know, we're living the high life. <laughs> well, it's it's not as fancy as Dirt's because his That's was, true. Uh, you know, his was run through the Coca-Cola factory or something and filtered <laughs> up and uh, made made pure. Nice. <laughs> well, we we just lost Dirt, so I, I hope he's going to be back shortly. Um, but that leaves that leaves you, Illustrate. Tell us a little bit okay. about yourself, man. Um, man, uh, I've been been doing music and Christian hip hop since about 95, 96. Okay. I started out uh, doing block parties with a, a secular gangster rap label. Uh, we, we would just uh, set up on, on the corners uh, on the north side and east sides of Denver. And uh, for, for whatever reason, they allowed me to work with them. I was trying to just get started in music. Sure. And, you know, I, I'm the, the oddball white guy from the suburbs rapping about Jesus while they're talking all their gangster pimping, you know, whatever, whatever stuff. Um, but that was that's where I started at. And eventually some of those some of those guys came to know Christ and, you know, some of them didn't. But, you know, at least I had the opportunity to share my faith through the music and it, and it, it gave me a starting point to kind of figure out what I wanted to do musically. Yeah. And then eventually um, kind of changed my sound from the style they were doing. Uh, started working with, with Frost T, uh, okay. Met Dirt. Um, you know, I, I released a couple of projects through Frost T's Fourth Man Records wow. over the years. Yeah, he, he and I, like, we still talk once in a while, but yeah, we, we used to be pretty tight. I used to go out to California and, and we connect and hit the studio and just kind of cruise the city. And, uh, man, there's been so much that's happened over the years, man. Uh, man, yeah, cause I'm coming up on, on 30 years uh, of doing this. So, you know, I, I work with, uh, an organization back in Colorado still called G life outreach. Okay. And we, when, when I was out there, we did a, a lot of homeless outreaches, uh, before COVID we were doing some, some bigger, uh, citywide events that were actually gaining a lot of momentum and they were getting bigger every year. They had car shows, uh, concerts, uh, prayer tents, like it was, it was just a constantly growing community outreach. But once COVID hit, uh, we were kind of limited. So we switched over to just doing homeless outreaches, which literally started out with a bump box and two mics. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And the, and the cool thing was, is, is we saw God multiply that in a couple of years. Uh, we started with a bump box, went to a full-fledged PA system that was appropriate for at a park. And then we started getting other churches combining forces and they were handing out clothes. They were handing out food. And, um, you know, that, that was actually getting a lot of, a lot of momentum. You know, I think we had last summer, we had about eight churches that were partnering with us. Wow. Um, so yeah, so we were leaving a, a really good impact, but what we found is, while we were doing these outreaches that the drug dealers in the neighborhood were taking advantage of it. So while we're out there preaching Jesus and loving on people, they're following up like, Hey, you know, here's yours, here's yours, here's yours. Wow. And it was really like difficult to police that. What's that? I said, that's like out of Ozark. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, there were like church services on the water and people were like dealing meth in these hymnals or something mm. had like cutouts in there. Like, wow. Terrible. 
anyway yeah it was like once we found out what was going on we, we really tried to be more intentional and in policing it yeah but they got better and better at hiding it so we might know they were out there but we didn't always know who who it was yeah. and then the city they started putting up uh cement blocks in the parking lot entrances so we couldn't uh, pull our equipment into the area which made it more difficult to do these outreaches so that was about the time where <clears throat> um, I, you know, my family and I, we were, we relocated out here to the Memphis area and back in Colorado, there's, you know, the new obstacles were, you know, just getting to parks. Plus now, uh, the cities are requiring, uh, insurance for each event. And it was like, man, we just wanted to hand out some clothes and do a free concert, right. you know? So yeah. it, it, it's crazy how much the world's changed, you know, just, just doing something is just handing out food and clothing. Yeah. to the homeless um and then you know so i've been doing that and then i've i've known dirt probably since i don't know i think 96 97 we met somewhere in there sure uh, he came out with, with plague and i was working with a crew called the lord's fellowship back then and like you know we were just kind of tripping out just the way dirt was doing it and we were like man like that that's that raw gritty hip-hop that's the type of stuff we want to start mm -hmm. doing so um, we worked, we worked on that, refining our style. And then, uh, you know, Dirt and I just kind of built up a friendship over the years. And, you know, we, we would just kind of talk, you know, like we, we met in Nashville one time. Uh, it was kind of like an anti-GMA event that, that we all went out there. It was, it was like Dirt was there. I was there. Pigeon John, John Rubin. Um, it was a lot of uh, like underground heads in the Christian scene that were there. And, and I, I loved it, man. And, and dirt, every time I saw him, he'd always, he, he would hear my music and be like, Hey, you know, if you do this, um, it'll make it that much better. Or instead of doing it this way, think about, you know, trying this angle. And like, he, he was always giving me that encouraging word and he would challenge me, you know, and I didn't get that from every artist I interacted with. So I always appreciated it. You know, that, that dirt on the level he was working at the time, like he was willing to, to just kind of meet me where I was and, and just offer that encouragement. And, and that just kind of helped inspire me. And, you know, just over the years, like whether it was email or, or text or just running into each other at events, like, uh, I had him in uh, sackcloth fashion. They were on tour one time and they were passing through Denver. So we did this big concert at the church and uh, that was pretty amazing. Um, you know, just seeing everybody, like I had one guy at my church, I showed him dirt stuff and he was like, I don't know about that guy. He's got the dreadlocks. He's got the tattoos. And he's just like, I don't think I want him rapping at our church. And I'm like, trust me, dude, it'll be good. Just come out. Uh, that's and why, the funny that's thing why I cut my dreads, bro. Just because of that guy. <laughs> so I don't have them anymore. <laughs> Well, the funny thing was, is after that night, he was your biggest fan. Nice. Like, he, you know, he was wearing your shirts to church every Sunday. And he was like, have you guys heard Dirt Shadow with the Locust? They were like, what happened to you, man? Yeah. <laughs> Don't walk around like this. For real. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was an older dude. I think he was like late 40s at the time, you know, age, you know, I'm at now. But it was just, it was funny watching him go from being anti-dirt and so skeptical to now he's like, I love this guy. He's amazing. Yeah. Like I told you, just, you know, look past the tattoos. You'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's amazing to me that uh, you and I are just, you know, meeting, even though we're just meeting via this, uh, this chat here. Um, we're only meeting now when like 
we were running in the same circles at the same time. It sounds like, mm-hmm. um, I think I'm a couple years behind you guys, uh, in age, but not by much. And so like a lot of what you said, like the, the gangster stuff, like when I was like 14, that's the kind of stuff I was writing to. Now, by mm-hmm. the time I put Royal Ruckus together, um, I wanted to be silly and funny and maybe almost went too far on that end of it uh, at times uh, to where you almost thought we were like weird Al sometimes, you know, um, <laughs> but, but that was fun. That was, that was worth doing. But the thing that, that uh, really jumps out to me in your story that's so interesting is like that early period doing the street outreaches, because mm-hmm. I think that's like, I guess it depends on the outreach, but that's like in one sense, so, so hard. Um, it's an, in another sense, though, like I think of because I've been in a lot of a lot of venues, uh, a lot of rap venues and other kinds of shows. And uh, you talk about underground hip hop. There's nothing more underground than a street outreach rapping show. You yep. know, like <laughs> like that's that's hard. And uh, there there were a couple times where Ruckus got asked to go play at some of those things. And we'd have to use very careful song selection because we had so many silly songs and lighthearted songs. And they just didn't fit the the lineup. Um, now I'm I'm curious also about your piece where you were working with with cats that were not Christian. In fact, you you described mm-hmm. their their ethos as gangster rap. So, um, and yet you were self consciously a Christian in that. I'm curious, like, yeah. how how was that? Was that uncomfortable a lot? Was that like were oh yeah discomfort Absolutely. on their end on your end? on both like tell me a little bit about that i think it it was discomfort on both sides of it uh because one you know i was in a neighborhood i had never been in and i stuck out so they were watching me like okay he's got this white kid from the suburbs he's trying to act like he's gangster right we're gonna check this guy yeah but i didn't act like i was trying to be anybody other than who i was you know at the time i was still pretty shy and if I didn't know you really well I didn't talk a lot I just kind of kept to myself and uh I I was when we were in big groups that's usually when I pulled back but when it was one-on-one that's when I had the opportunity to get to know some of the guys um like the main guy Scratch G he was the president of the record label like he just took me in like day one and he was just like I love what you're doing and he taught he taught me the basics of recording. He taught me how to arrange and sequence beats. Uh, he had an Ensonic EPS, so he taught me how to use that. Uh, he he actually helped me get my own. Nice. Um, and you know, it, it over it was kind of just over the years, just recording. Like some people would flat out make fun of me. Like there was one group they were called F Your Punk A. You know, you can fill yeah. in the blanks on that. Um, but they, when I was performing, they were cracking jokes. So if I'm up there talking Jesus, being you know uh, somebody who, you know people feel a kind of way about and a controversial figure, they'd be like, "No, that's us." If you're punk gay, and I'm like, "We don't need that right now, man. Come on." <laughs> yeah. Um, but they they were kind of the the people like we never had any confrontations, but they would just kind of when we were doing stuff publicly, they'd make jokes, but. Outside of that, if they knew I was around, 
they just kept their distance. Like if, if I was at the studio recording, they would wait around the corner. Like I never preached at anybody. I was just kind of like, hey, I'm Justin. It's not even like, hey, I'm Illustrate. I'm a rapper. You know, it, it just I tried to keep it very personable and just let them know, like, I wanted to know who you are because I'm in an area like I've never been here. I don't know what to expect. And you know, some people were really receptive to that. And then they were like, you know what? I, I don't really rock with what you're talking about, but you got skills and I respect what you do. Yeah. So that that kind of helped build relationships. And the fact that they at least respected the music, even though they didn't necessarily like it, that helped out a lot. And, uh, you know, just kind of built relationships. And then every once in a while, somebody would be like, hey, bro, I got saved last week. Don't tell nobody, though. So I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was kind of cool, you know, and just watching them kind of figure out their faith. Some people, you know, like one guy, he went, just cut everybody off and he just read his Bible and he, he was almost militant. And then he ended up backsliding. And then other guys, you know, they, they eventually figured it out, but they had to kind of stumble their way through their early years of faith. Um, but they're still living strong for God and, and, you know, they're, they're doing things in their church and in their communities and it's been good, you know? And then there were other times, like I would be at the studio recording and then uh, I'd come out and there's nine people just smoking weed and, you know, this thick old cloud of smoke. And I'm like, I just did one verse. Like, what did I miss? <laughs> you know? So um, that verse was fire. It, it, right <laughs> fire that lit a bunch of joints <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, and it, it would always be people like i didn't even know them but uh yeah. gary who ran the studio like he knew everybody in the city because you know like cutting crew records like that at the time that was the biggest label in the denver area so everybody in the city was a fan or at least knew of them um yeah. so people were always coming through and it, it was about that time where i'm like all right you know, I, I respect if these guys want to get high, that's their business, but they're interfering with my ability to get work done because I would have to end the session because once uh, our engineer started smoking, like it was game over. Nothing got done. <laughs> you know, and, and he's a homie. What's I can engineer about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you so, touched on something a little bit, though, illustrate where you're talking about, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you're, I guess, still kind of touching on a little bit, but as far as, uh, kind of stylistically as far as your sound because i was going back through trying to basically just kind of like power listen to your catalog on Bandcamp. and you know, oh, okay from the first joint which was like 96 or something like that yeah to some of the later stuff it did have that shift from like kind of keyboard kind of like you know gangster kind of stuff to more yeah. like boom bat so the two things i wanted to touch on was a i noticed you had preachers in the hood on that yeah Oh, and wow. it's so funny because like I never really got into like gangster rap that much. You know, it's it's funny because mm -hmm. I have doggy style on cassette and vinyl. I've still never heard that album in its entirety. And okay. people, you need to go do that, which I probably will. Um, but yeah. for some reason I remember like picking up the Preachers in the Hood CD and being like, I think I'm gonna buy this. I don't know why. Because a lot of like that grape tree stuff to me was like the Christian alternative to freaking no limit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying absolutely. Yep, the new wine album too for some reason, which I I liked. But yeah, uh, new wine was dope. But uh, but then we also had a local group yeah. in Portland called Brothers Grimm, who was on. Yeah, I remember them. 
and so they were local so that's i think maybe that's okay. kind of it but uh. i just thought it was dope that there's that colorado connection and then seeing them on like your album i was like yo it was just yeah. like you know because i mean those dudes like were you know good mcs you know what i'm saying yeah well um i'm actually still really good friends with those guys um Flo and I, like our families are, are really tight knit. Like our kids, like whenever we get together, our kids just disappear. We don't know where they go. They just go together and like we know they're good. You know, um, Age is is my homie too. He's living out in San Diego. Um, so I haven't seen him. It's probably been a couple years. He was back in Denver a couple years ago and like we met for lunch. Um, but yeah, we just we pick up where we left off. Like just through doing ministry and stuff uh we've just formed a brotherhood like when we first met like we didn't trust each other mm. like the colorado scene was weird it was just kind of like oh well you do gangster rap you can't be saved well you do hip-hop you can't be saved you know it was kind of like that mentality and then just through working together and actually taking the time to get to know each other outside of doing events it was kind of like oh we're actually on the same team so we're good you know um so um, yeah, so they, they were on my first project. And, and the crazy thing is, is that we did that song called In One Accord, right? Um, to where we had uh, Felisa, she sang the hook on that. And this other guy, Glock, was on there. And then my homie, Dent, um, he was he went by Fruit Loop back then. Um, but yeah, like after we did that song, like we performed it probably five or six times. And then we had a huge fallout. So I was just kind of like, wow, God, like, what is this, man? Like, we did the song in one accord. We're finally starting to get to a point. We're trusting each other. We're building. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I don't remember exactly what the fallout was about. I think it was, I think a lot of it came from, like, Preachers in the Hood. It just were signed to Grape Tree, and they were getting to a level we all wanted to get to. And I think, like, I, I can say for myself, like, I was I was really envious of that. I'm like, man, why? how come I can't get signed? You know, so that kind of to fueled some issues. And then there were other issues with other people on the song with preachers. And uh, like some of those guys just they don't talk. They they were preachers in the hood were just kind of like, hey, we tried to resolve this. We can't. And they, they just were like, hey, we love you, but we're going to let you do what you need to do. But like for me and preachers in the hood, like God used that to strengthen our friendship. Like, I think it was. It was about shortly after uh, the Lord's Fellowship crew kind of split up. We all went our ways, but um, they actually invited me to go on a, a mini tour of New Mexico with them. And at that time, like we, we weren't super tight, but we'd done stuff together. We'd hung out a little bit. Um, but after that tour, like like we're, we were brothers, man. Like they would call me like, hey, we got this show in 20 minutes. Can you come and open up? And I'm like, it's 30 minutes away, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know um but it, it just built from that so like now it, you know like i said earlier it doesn't really matter like how long it's been since we've talked to each other we we're, we're brothers we're family we've been through enough to where we know like if we really need each other we're just a phone call away that's awesome you know what one of the things that occurs to me too when you talk about brotherhood is uh you know one of the things that makes shadow of the locust unique is that it's always been this crew of brothers that are like-minded maybe from some different backgrounds but all christ-centered people who are also talented mcs or djs um jeremiah dirt you know had an impact on you 
uh, person mm-hmm. in, in relationship. He did the same thing with me in a way that was like utterly unselfish. Um, like one of the biggest things he ever did for me, um, and this could probably get me made fun of by some MCs, but as you can tell, I don't care. Um, <laughs> he bought me a rhyming dictionary. And okay. um, I remember that. It was a pivotal period in our life as a group as Royal Ruckus and myself as an artist where I, we were going through a lot of growth and some growing pains. And he gave me that as well as some very positive critiques of some of my rhymes. And mm-hmm. it transformed. I mean, I will never be Jeremiah Dirt. Our styles are so different. That's been one of the fun things collaborating the last few years because we're just so different. And then to be able to come together. But nonetheless, he's still like invested in me. You know, mm-hmm. and he's obviously invested in, and I shouldn't talk about him in third person because he's right here. Where you <laughs> have invested in probably dozens of MCs, if not hundreds of people. And that's just in the hip hop. You're you're mm-hmm. the kind of person that pours your yourself into others. Um, mm-hmm. And well, the it's kind of selfish because I like hip hop and and I like quality hip hop, so. If I don't help others do better and better, you know, like myself too, you know, I'm trying to improve, then there's a bunch of crappy hip hop going around. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of selfish because I just want to hear some good hip hop, you know? (laughs) Sure. uh, Buying you the rhyming dictionary back in the day had nothing to do with uh, you guys. See, I'm a respecter of music, so I want to clarify, you know. Sure. even illustrate mentioning, you know, giving him pointers and stuff. Number one, I get pointers too. It's not, you know, I'm, I'm not anybody. I'm not on a pedestal. Uh, my thing is that I grew up uh, back in those days with uh, illustrate with you. I grew, I, I don't know if you remember, but back in those days, it was like hip hop have this weird, and maybe it's still this way, but, hip hop had this weird way of like you you would get to know how to do something good and then you would keep it to yourself and it'd become like this big secret and people like <laughs> DJ DJs would sample and then take their the the labels off their records so nobody else could figure it out which you know is understandable to a point but my idea was always like look if i spread the information around at least in the sense of being an mc i was given a rhyme dictionary at one point so if i give jamie one you know that doesn't mean that my skill or my style you know cuz to me an mc should focus on their style which if you if you come up with your own style nobody can take that from you like you guys mentioned but if i give a rhyming dictionary away or give a pointer away that person is going to take it and digest it in their own way. It's not going to, you know what I mean? It's not going to make me any weaker. So I just always believed in quality and sharing the information. I shared information with you, Jamie, you got, you and Yoda used to come to my house. You guys were like family, pretty much everybody here. If not officially locust has always been affiliated locust, you know, and it's like, you know, you guys used to come to my house. You guys were spray painting in my backyard, which I never gave you permission to do. And I had to paint it when I left that house. Lies, lies. It was only, 
It was only a riddle, and I got in trouble for it. But well, we all knew that day was coming. <laughs> but you know, it's just about quality music, and that's one thing Christian uh, industry. Back in those days, at least, I would always hear that our music, being in the Christian gospel category, was ten years behind, and I hated that. Mm -hmm. I always thought that that was not not only untrue, but it was also. Uh, something to be uh, fought against. So quality music, uh, I mean, that's a key. And I only hope that Jeremiah Dirt as an artist, Illustrator as an artist, Nomadic, uh, Royal Ruckus, any of us could push for quality because it's only the quality that's going to get people to listen to the message and the ministry that you're trying to put out. Yeah, People laughed at Illustrate until he started rapping. And then they were like, oh, snap. You know, I opened up for uh, Rock Kim one time and people were booing us. It was me and a, a buddy wow. of mine I invited. They were booing us until we started rapping. And then it was like, oh, oh, OK, wait a minute. You know, yeah, yeah. I can I can put up with this for 10 minutes until Rock Kim comes on. But, you know, if you don't have the quality, no one's going to listen to your message. And And if you don't think Christ had quality in the way that. He spoke. I mean, all over the Bible, people wanted to listen to him. It wasn't just because, I mean, the Bible literally says he wasn't even handsome. So he had some kind of quality about the way he spoke. He he knew what he was talking about. He spit out that quality. Uh, he always spoke in these really cool parables, you know, so I think our music should be like that too, you know? Yeah. Speaking of your music, you dropped a banger of a record on us. I mean, look, uh, I put out a double album and uh, some of the cicadas and this, this thing minute wise is as long as my two records. So you got an hour and a half of music. And so somebody told me that they appreciate that. We as shadow locusts, you're, you're talking about us. Um, it's got 23 songs on it. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of songs. Uh, and I, I think something like 24 MCs. Um yeah, it's got a lot. Uh, I'll say if anybody wants to go check out locustfist.com backsplash AMAC2, um, you'll you'll get free downloads and, and you can, you know, learn about the album. But I'm on that page right now. And the cover always has, uh, I don't know, Jamie, if you can, I mean, you can share the that page has the cover. Yeah, yeah we'll put that in. But the, the cover always has like, the official members and then who's you know this is the second amac so this is volume two so you might be right it's pushing 20 mcs on it i think yeah yeah, yeah and, right. and a ton of ton of producers several djs i mean uh and like the beats are hot um I, i'll say this like i got excited when i saw um was it mustard tree so i was like oh, wow. oh yeah and because mustard seed is the song that for so many people, this is what they first heard of dirt and just like this fantastic, memorable song. I bet we all still listen to it today. Uh, you probably even still perform it sometimes. And I then, cannot it's literally no. do. I did a perform. I performed a couple of weeks ago. I cannot do a show. If people will get pissed if I don't do mustard seeds. So I, I fully agree. Song I, is from 1997 and it's like, come on guys, let's <laughs> move on. But everybody wants to hear it. So 
I so, still yeah, so I saw there was Mustard Tree. So I put that was the first thing I wanted to listen to on the record after I heard Nomadics, the song with Nomadic. So I went straight to that song next, and uh, no, eight minutes. This song is eight. It doesn't minutes. seem like it. Uh, I and thought, then, like, I thought I we were going to struggle, but yeah. uh, after it was done, you could listen to that song. It does not seem like eight minutes because everybody is so dope and the yeah. beat is so dope. And I just want to give props to uh, DJ Elder who uh, illustrate knows very well used to head head um heads up radio he took the mustard seed sample in the beginning of that song reworked the samples and so you're you know it's basically like an updated beat wise sure. version yeah. of, of mustard seed so it's a really cool song i yeah i love it and what what i think that song why i started with that song here and talking about this is because it captures a lot of what i hear on the record and that is you know it's a continuation of what you've been doing but it's you're expanding on it and here's the thing in addition to the dope beats uh the the rhymes are captivating i mean i i'm not saying i didn't expect them to be captivating what i am saying is it exceeded my high ex my already high expectations so every mc is just dropping dropping line after line that's carefully crafted careful rhymes, thought-provoking, great wordplay. Um, man, there's even some stuff I, w I wanted to roll back and I, you know, I'll get it on a second listen, but there was a few things in there that I thought, did I hear that right? Um, so take me into this. What, what, ins what inspires this series and uh, what do you, what do you want to talk about with this record in particular? Get us um, the, 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 it is a series because our original plan was to do uh basically go through the alphabet with the title of songs uh the alphabet being so long and and certain letters having more you know than others uh we decided let's just do three three volumes uh it, it goes through the alphabet so we already released volume one and that was a through i think it was g so this one's uh g through r and then we we already have half done the third volume so as soon as you guys are ready nomadic justin uh we'll we'll have to uh is it too soon i already got the album hey, cover, so you just tell me when man i'll start writing <laughs> we'll, so. we'll start doing it but basically the <laughs> name comes from the book of joel just like the name shadow of the locust which is the artist name that you would look up to find this album on any music app that that uh you enjoy so the name Shadow of the Locust comes from the book of Joel in the Bible. Um, and that's Joel talking about a plague. He's using a plague of locusts in his day to talk about uh, God's wrath, but also God's army and how God's army should be. So that's why we took the name Shadow of the Locust. And then the this series is called The Mighty Army Cometh. So we got volume one. We just released volume two. That also comes from the book of Joel because uh, it, in Joel chapter two, Joel says a mighty a mighty army is coming, and to some people it represents God's wrath if you're rebellious and not uh, down with the Lord, I guess you could say. But to some people it represents God's mercy and God's grace if you are obedient to the Lord because you're part of that army. So we as the locusts are part of that army. And so we're just trying to release these albums. And like you said, deliver that quality hip hop. And I'm really glad to hear you say that, uh, Jamie, because uh, I, I've been hearing the same thing that 
everybody loved the first volume, but they're also saying it just seemed to get better. Yeah. But uh, illustrate and nomadic, we you know we all have kind of a official locust chat, you know, and messenger that's been going on for probably eight years now. But yeah. we've been talking about it recently. How we don't plan this. We just said, let's go through the alphabet. We started designing in the beginning of probably 75 songs. And then I had to realize, wait, 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 let's, let's cut this into volumes. And it's God who's putting them together in the volumes. We didn't say like, let's put these ones here and put the, it literally just A through Z. These ones ended up being on volume one. These ones are on volume two. And, and it's just awesome how God put that together. So I really enjoy and appreciate you uh, taking note of that. Well, that's one of the things uh, that occurs to me is like, it'd be very difficult um, to like, if I took my double album and I shuffled it and put it, put it alphabetical, it would not be as coherent. Like the songs are in a particular order to tell a particular story as an artist. That's how I, you can still listen to it on shuffle, but that's how I perceive it. You listen to it from start to finish. You get a message. You didn't have that luxury. Uh, because these these songs were just simply in alphabetical order. And you had so many different artists you're collaborating with. This has been over several years you've been doing this. Um, it would be impossible for it to be in a particular order um, otherwise. So, I mean, hats off which, to you. Which is funny why it, if you listen to the album in order, which we, we kept doing just to, you know, see, because, you know, on this album, just like the first AMAC, we, we call it AMAC, A Mighty Army Cometh, obviously. But on the first AMAC, we uh, we notice how, wow, even though the songs are different, some of them are really underground, some of them are more upbeat, but they all just fit together when you listen to it in order. And this one came out the same way. It was like, we didn't design that. It kind of just happened. It's kind of a divine thing, but it's it's just funny how it'll flip from one kind of upbeat song to go down to a more moody underground, to go to a more ministry-minded, to go to a non-topical, but yet it all just kind of flows together if you listen to it in order. But I think the songs also, hopefully, uh, I feel, but the songs also stand alone on their own too. And it's it's just a really fun process because i don't think any of us plan it that way uh my fellow locusts here can attest that we basically usually just go hey who wants to do this one me yep okay you <laughs> i heard four me's i only need two the first two you go and send me the lyrics and <laughs> it's really random but when you're working with such quality-minded people with such experience the songs tend to work themselves out yeah. You know, and all I have to do is uh, I would consider myself the, a literal producer and engineer is just put it all together, mix it and master it and get it out. Sure. Yeah, you're you're kind of like the the hub in the middle that coordinates everything. Right. And and you ultimately are in charge of the mixing and mastering and the final product. Uh, yes. And you mentioned the beats and I have to blow smoke up my self and say hey you know a lot of the beat a lot of the beats are are definitely from from me because i love producing nowadays and i my goal nowadays as i'm getting older is to really help others you know finish their projects so i'm definitely making a lot of beats but i think these guys can tell especially illustrate because illustrate has given me 
Actually, there's one on this album, Illustrate. You gave me a reggae mm -hmm. one that I put on Rebel Lion, right? Uh, wasn't it Lift Up Jehovah? Or did, did I give you that one? I can't remember if you um, did, but it might have been so. But you gave, me, you gave me, um, on this album, you gave me um, was oh, Play uh, Around, play my, around way. my Way. Yeah. And yeah, it was another it was another track in which you were kind of frustrated with it and you were gonna, you know, toss it and give up on it. But um I love I'm a Rick Rubin of of Shadow of the Locust. Give me <laughs> give me your throwaway tracks because I love sequencing is what I love to do. Mixing yeah. is, you know, I have bad hearing, so mixing is not my favorite. Mastering is not that hard to learn to do. It, it's a it's a science, and I could probably learn more. But I love sequencing, and that's all I really did with a lot of these tracks. Is just say this this. Uh, if you guys look behind me, decades of listening to all kinds of genres of music is what allows me to take it to this hip hop and just go, hey. I heard a classical song or I heard a jazz song or I heard a where they did this and this. So let's try it on this and let's move this here and cut this. And, you know, there's a song on on this album where I cut uh, it illustrates verse in half just because it just seemed right. And it worked out. And I'm glad he didn't get mad at me. It was mustard tree. But it sounds yeah. so dope how you you so illustrates using album titles of mine um and then for some reason i just got the creative idea to cut his verse in half throw our female mc in there and then he comes back it, it breaks up the monotony of this eight minute long song with this cool sequence that you only hear between illustrate and the m our female mc right. it only happens between them two that sequence and then, you know, if you pay attention, I'm just trying to do a different sequence idea with each MC. And that's kind of what makes eight minutes go by, you know, you know, right. little things like that. But I love doing that stuff. So, yeah, you you even did that on Quiet Me. I mean, from that's true. That's true. Initial sequence of things and recording. It's like the way you flip some of the verses around and stuff like that. It it really did. um I, it's funny it seems more cohesive which is funny sometimes like okay well you kind of cut and paste or whatever but it it just when it the end version from like the beginning version it just sounded i was like oh th this hits like it just it makes sense you know we I, had to i had to get uh nomadic on this album it was a mission of mine nomadic uh officially became kind of locust uh when the album was kind of done and nomadic being kind of uh you know uh because of his background with with orthodoxy and stuff just kind of a mystic you know look at his beard just his beard <laughs> alone pretty much tells you that he goes up to mountains spends you know months at a time meditating and then comes down and spits fire on everyone so i was like what track on this album would would fit and remember we were we had about two that were that you were about to do but then it just hit me no 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 i'm gonna go take this quiet me song that is already done and you know this the song is you, you said jamie you 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 heard that one and the song was kind of like uh again it's funny because we were just talking about illustrating the end but this was a song between them where the song is about 
you know, ha having a busy, overwhelming life, but just going to the Lord and saying, hey, you know, quiet me, you know, meditate, pray, you know, give it up to God. And so I, I remember telling nomadic, dude, you just come in as the monk at the end that that talks about the application of what that means. And lo and behold, done deal. He wrote the lyrics. They sound good. So what if the song, you know, has to go back and get edited? Let's do it. Did I hear your spiritual father on there, Nomadic? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. had like a reading or some kind of sample or something from him. Well, so what that was is that was like a, a reading he gave me. It was just via like Facebook Messenger. And I couldn't figure out how to like actually like download it. So okay. I just held it to the mic. And then when I sent it to Jeremiah, I'm like, hey, if you want to throw this in, if not, cool, whatever. And then he did his thing with it and it, it sounded dope, dude. So, yeah. Well, and it, it fits too. Like one, one of the things that I've always enjoyed with uh, Dirt's records and Shadow Locust records is like these really obscure sounding uh, samples from different records, mostly like biblical related records, right? And um they sound really cool and vintage and uh you know that that's like a, that's a thing in certain kinds of hip hop right and it used to be like everybody did a little bit of that but it's done really well by dirt and shadow the locust and i thought that sounded like it it totally fit it reminded me a little bit cuz i figured it was actually digital and up to date but it it sounded so sampley reminded me a little bit of uh, an interview I read where uh, with some of the guys from Public Enemy, and they were talking about production techniques over the years, and that as uh, as technology improved, they would like have to find ways to still kind of put that grittiness in there so that it wouldn't just because they didn't want to go straight up synthesizer. They wanted the the classic gritty vibe of classic hip hop that they that they were known for, and uh, and they would find ways to put grittiness in there. You know, they take a digital sampler and run it through something analog, you know, or, or whatever. Um, so you get you get that sound. So anyway, hats off on uh, production techniques, too. But. Welcome yeah, to I'm still, you know, awesome. I'm still sample based with beats, obviously, because I'm a, a strong believer that that's uh, the original. Uh, that was the birthright of hip hop for the DJs and producers was that we we sampled but we made it our own so i'm not really into uh i have respect for you know uh produced fully produced uh hip-hop artists however i have a lot more respect for uh, uh if you look at nomadic's hat uh he turned it around but you know the the crate diggers you know the people who can go into uh and find these really obscure samples and so I still don't necessarily have a problem keeping stuff sounding analog because when I'm taking samples, it's literally off of record. So I still get the hisses and pops and, and, but what I try to do is digitize it, clean it up, you know, but it still will sell analog. And I'm telling you guys, man, throw a dope break beat on, on these things. And you gotta worry, man. It just sounds dope. It's all about the boom bap beats because when you when people say boom bap sometimes yeah the sample plays a part but to me when you say boom bap it's the hard slap the of back. the kick and the snare 
the boom and the bap, you know. So as long as you throw a real grimy, hard hitting drum on it, you you got an analog track right there. It's like you know, if anybody in here is familiar with like you know, boot camp click, Black Moon, OGC, like all those dudes, it's like you know, you listen to the very first like actual boot camp boot camp click album that came out in like '97, and there was no beat miners on there, and it was mostly buckshot producing, and it was very keyboardy there's a distinct difference in the sound. And so I'm like, if you didn't have miners grabbing records and sampling whatever, it's such a different sound. And I think that album was like a, that landmark of like, oh, this is what it sounds like when you don't actually have, you know, that that uh, that sample-based influence, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's all about the, the sample. Whatever original sample you take from you pretty much 99% of the time cannot escape it sounding a certain way. So if I sample jazz, Tribe Called Quest is going to rap on it. You know, if I sample classical or sometimes, you know, old classic rock, you're going to get Wu-Tang beats, you know. Um, it just, it you know, it just, it depends on the sample. What I love is when people like uh, if you guys remember sons of man they would take these old funk and soul samples but still rap like wu-tang yeah. so i i kind of like that it was like these happy funk songs and they would still talk about you know uh, cutting your mother's neck and stuff and so it was well dude they did, cool. they did that whole turn the shining star like with i think actually earth wind and fire was on it but it had odb on it as well yeah dude, that album is so underrated dude that is yeah what got me into i mean i think i don't know if killer priest released his heavy mental album before that sons of man joint but like sons of man like dude i that whole first album to front to back to this day is and the first version i heard accidentally was it was a clean version and they would cut instead of like bleep it out you know what i'm saying they would cut so i'm like i'm still actually trying to find the clean version just because it was dope <laughs> i've got the you know the regular one but yeah that album was classic uh, do you guys mind, uh, Jamie, if I screen share? Uh, you you can do that. Is Most it possible? Not see it. Is oh, that a thing or no? Um. Well, we will we will put this on YouTube. We'll make sure to do that. Um, but most people will probably catch it on audio. Oh. Sure you well, you audio that. guys, please go to locustfist.com backslash AMAC, A-M-A-C-2, and you'll get free downloads and, um, you know, you'll see the album info. But for anybody seeing it, so I'll just run through the list of who's featuring on this yeah, one. Um, so official members right now are uh, some doof named Jeremiah Dirt. Uh, some really obscure producer named Beat Somebody, Samuel Oxymoron, Complex. These are all, by the way, these are all artists that you can go pretty much look up on your favorite music app. Uh, Kodak, our female MC, the M, who is uh, the sister of Samuel Oxymoron. Our boy Chazak, um, Illogic, Elon Brio, Illustrate, Nomadic. What metaphysical who actually didn't get to appear on this one because that dude is a pastor. He is doing things down in uh, San Diego, California. Uh, Seven Lock, the old school, DJ 12, DJ Care, DJ Elder. And then the features on uh, the album. Hold, hold on. Okay. I want to point out. I want to point out you've got two women rappers, which is rare. No. Well, right. 
I mean, unless you include uh, Illustrate, but just the. Oh, <laughs> oh I thought I thought you said Kodak and the M were both women. Just the M? No, no, just the M. I'm just oh. kidding. Illustrate, come on, bro. <laughs> all right, so it's all love, bro. We're good. Yeah, one one woman rapper. You've got. Two but but on this album, there's two females. Uh, Brielle uh, appears on this album, okay. and I think she goes uh, by a couple different names now. But I love. Uh, this person she is so creative and she she if you ever like lauren hill you would like brielle even better and that no she disrespect the one but singing on the song with nomadic she's the one on the there's a song called just a girl which is just uh the m and brielle so um so our features are jupiter seven hold, hold, hold oh, on go, 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 go. i'm, I'm not i'm not done <laughs> So you got two pastors. Yeah, Samuel Oxymoron uh, went through seminary, uh, you know, throughout the last five years. He's pastoring in uh, San Bernardino, California. And then what is uh, been a pastor down in um, San Diego, California? I mean, that's pretty rare. Statistically, there aren't a lot of rappers slash pastors. So Jamie, you've known me for how long and this crew is still going. I trip out. Name name there's not is there any uh crews from the late or, or actually early 90s that are CHH, you know, Christian hip hop and yeah. still going. And now not we're good. to the point where these fools are grown up and pastoring churches now. I mean to me it's just really amazing, you know. We what, might what? not have like a million views and a million followers, but golly, this crew has just, you know, Shadow Locust has just branched out so much that, like I said, we can make an album like this and it's it's got so many different styles of hip hop, but it's cohesive too because everybody has the same vision, you know? Yeah. So uh, I love it. I really do appreciate it. No, I got I got one more thing I got to ask you about before you get to your featured artists. Seven Lock. Man, I'm so excited to see Seven Lock's name in the Shadow of the Locust crew still. Seven uh, Lock was the crown prince uh and probably out of us three uh Jamie you would remember these days but there 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 was Jeremiah Dirt or back in the day just Dirt um and then there was Seven Lock. And uh, Seven Lock and I, back in the uh, early 90s, just took San Diego hip-hop scene by storm. We were everywhere. Every weekend, we were at events freestyling. And I don't know how many shows Seven Lock or myself or both of us together would just go to a show, not be on the flyer, but all of a sudden be performing. Because everybody was just like, these guys are supposed to, I guess, perform. So... It was just funny. Uh, and I also don't know how many flyers we would just see and be like, oh, I guess we're playing this weekend. <laughs> People would just put our names <laughs> on the flyers. We'd either see, you know, Jay Dirt, Seven Lock, or Shadow the Locust on flyers that we had no idea that we were supposed to be there and we would just end up going. So, <laughs> Seven Lock is definitely the crown prince of uh, the Locust crew. Yeah, you, you you guys you guys are great together, and uh, I always the the times I saw the two of you rock together, I mean it was just so much energy between you two, and uh, very complimentary styles. I just I felt like you guys were were a great duo. Also, I got to say, 
my most embarrassing moment in hip hop uh, is the result of seven lock. I might've told this story before to you. I don't know, but you guys were freestyling. Was at a show in San Diego and he goes, my, I was going by clever MC at the time. Right. Um, which I, I still am clever MC, but mostly Chun J. Right. Um, but he says something like I pull the lever, I pass the mic to clever. And I was not supposed to be on stage. I was in the front row, but I had to take the microphone and I just blanked. And I think I said two lines and then I just stopped. <laughs> hey, you gave it your best shot. That's all that counts. <laughs> hey, look, you know, well, one of the things I was thinking about when Illustrate was talking earlier is when you're a white man rapping, uh, you have to have pretty thick skin. And when you're a yeah. white christian rapper you really have to have thick skin and uh because people will give you a hard time and uh while i was embarrassed that night it did help toughen me up <laughs> and uh and there were there were other challenges that didn't that were not so embarrassing in the future so and it was well, part of our goal to throw the challenges like we talked about in the beginning you know you got to get challenged in in your creativity or else you're not going to really grow so I apologize if, if it was too challenging, but you did two lines and there's people that uh, don't get that far. So yeah, yeah. Um, get that opportunity, man. Yeah. 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 We were freestyle never, monsters. Never standing in the front row at a seven lock show ever again. Unless no. <laughs> That's that actually sounds like uh, it might've been the, uh, was that the record release for plague? Cause seven lock had a, he he did a set there it, and it, i think it, you guys came you and yoda it may have been um there were several shows we went i mean there were a bunch of shows we went to down there but um there were at least two shows we went to at a place called the living room that was like literally a house that had been converted or like a garage had been converted into a a venue yeah i have pictures somewhere of you in the crowd and i'm performing at the living room that was uh from bird remember bird used to run that yeah yeah, yeah. i do remember bird yeah and yeah. then uh the only time i remember seven lock actually having a set was at the record release which was he wearing a locust mask made out of mesh wire at one point i think so so that yeah Maybe. that was the so that was the plague release party Wow. And I remember you guys were there. It, if if it was that one, remember it was uh, upstairs, downstairs. Upstairs was like all these rock bands. Downstairs was all this hip hop. It was like this crazy dual show going on. It was yeah, that, that was legendary. that was an event. Yeah, that was pretty nuts. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, it was uh, the the embarrassing moment was definitely at a place that was run by Bird, said, right? Um, yeah. And but the the plague show. Uh, the plague release party uh, that was not an embarrassing moment for me that was actually a highlight for us it was one of the best uh performances we'd ever done there were we were three rappers at the time and uh, we brought out costumes i think you actually were with us when we bought these we were a freaking happy meal and yeah like, la symphony guys were in a t like in the audience so we were like you know we really admired them and stuff we respected them so we were like we got to do this. We got to do this right. Um, I don't know if our performance was any good, but I felt good about it that night. <laughs> That's all there. there. And I met a lot of great artists and you had a lot of great people there in support of, of the album. Uh, 
it was pretty cool. That and that was actually, believe it or not, I don't know if you remember this. Royal Ruckus used to sell uh, tidy whities. We used to sell chonies. Um, I don't the- remember it probably because I'm I try to black certain things out of my <laughs> mind. Well, at that show, we had those for sale. And Noah Tutak uh, from Ear Tube Empire, LA, he was one of the guys that helped LA Symphony get their first release out or whatever. And, um, he uh, he bought a pair of Royal Ruckus underwear from us. So oh, man, they were clean, right? These were not used. <laughs> no, they were brand new, brand new. They had iron, they had microphone iron on the the front with the graffiti uh, logo. It said Royal Ruckus microphone brand underwear nice yeah so it is cool you know the plague being my first album and like you said having mustard seed on it too you know when dj elder gave me this mustard tree beat i'm thinking like oh i'm gonna rock this on my next solo album and show my growth but it it real quickly after he gave it to me i realized i want to show the growth of how it started with me, but became us because that's our slogan. You know, locust is not me. Locust is us. Yeah. Uh, you know, the shadow of the locust crew, the, one of the things that were solidified in vision is, is we're together. We're in this together. We support e- each other. So um, it is cool to have these memories, you know, going all the way back to play to this, you know? So Yes. So just to clarify, Jeremiah Dirt is one artist name, but we're tonight talking about Shadow of the Locust. You'll find this album under Shadow of the Locust, A Mighty Army Cometh, Volume 2. So it features uh, Jupiter 7. It features uh, Manchild. Manchild. It features uh, Orion the Artist, who I love Orion's style. Um, my boys, O'Leal, uh, Brielle, uh, Reveal, Chaz Murphy, Disciple X, who's uh, cousins with uh, our Kodak, um, Sincon, Crucifix Pain, Giver One, and Chainbreaker as MCs. Um, and then some of the extras that made beats was, uh, I mean, some of us in the crew make beats, uh, like myself, Complex, Kodak. DJ Care, obviously DJ Twelve, Elon Brio, but we had uh, Justice Rhymes and and Black Symphony also uh, submit some beats. So it's a lot of people, man, that yeah. that made this album happen. And I'm gonna have to tell you guys, we do it for you. We do it for the listeners. Nobody gets paid. Uh, Shadow Locust. We have a strict, you know, any money made, which is not a lot, goes into the coffers, and we all democratically vote on what it gets spent on and it typically gets spent on making the next album so uh definitely support uh you know because like any organization we definitely need the finances to do things however um at the same time it's just amazing to have so many people work together over the last i think it's been seven years since the last release and here we are yeah let, let me let me sales pitch for you a little bit here too because um i think in this era it's hard to put a value on music because everybody they just get a monthly subscription and they can listen to anything they want and that includes this right this album is streaming on on itunes apple music all that um but here's the thing if 
if you're listening to this podcast and you like this type of music, um, if you want more of it to exist, um, contribute to it. You know, whether that's going on and seeing if there's a store on your site to buy merch or whether that's simply, uh, you know, buying the downloads from your band camp. Uh, there's lots of ways to do it. Um, but like contributing uh, to the artists you like is a great way to make sure that there is more music like that. So for me, like, um, yeah, I'll occasionally buy some of the big artists vinyl, you know, but these days I mostly don't spend money on it unless they are independent artists or someone I know. Otherwise, you know, I just get it in the streaming platform. But if it's someone that is like you guys are and and like Royal Ruckus is and like a lot of our friends are, we're just doing it uh, really like, yeah, some money comes in, but we rarely make money at it. We're doing it for uh, to, to benefit others. Um, so actually, like how how can people put money in the pockets of Shadow of the Locust so you make more music? Well, like you said, there, there's that issue of music, you know, you can stream it all, you know, so what is the best things to i feel nowadays is like songs share songs because at least they're getting shared you know and at least the information of of the artists are getting out whatever the artists uh that you enjoy uh of course i would love for that to be shadow locus and and all the individuals involved because like i said you can go solo careers illustrate's been doing stuff for 30 years i've been doing stuff for about that time too you know so definitely like share the music if you're not gonna buy it but really like you said buying it is a big deal um um illustrates wearing a t-shirt from we did a, a t-shirt campaign for the last album and so he's wearing the shirt that we did for that so we're gonna make uh, uh we're, we're gonna launch I've, I've made a new shirt so look out for that um you know, follow any of our Facebooks or Shadow Locusts on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. We're going to do a t-shirt campaign. But like you said, just buy the product because really money does make the world go around. None of this stuff is for free. And quite honestly, uh, you said your your exact words were, were you, we barely make money. We never make money. We Shadow Locust has never ever even broken even with what we spend into it so again we do this for you guys so you know like i said to have this crew last for we're going on to almost 30 years now i got signed to rescue records in 1994 and it wasn't too long afterwards that i got the vision for shadow of the locust too so you know we're talking about strongly 95 96 that this crew has been a crew you know so go to shadow the locust on youtube amazon itunes spotify uh and and subscribe if it's a subscription uh share a like it all helps the algorithms at least put our stuff up there or don't do that and you know people that are promoting wild nonsense and humping satan in their music videos you know they can get all the you know clout so whatever whatever you want <laughs> it, it does matter quite a bit uh, it does what we do in this regard and uh i i'm very you know i'm 
I very much want to like know everything that's out there. Want to understand uh, what's out there. I listen to a lot of mainstream stuff, um, but we've got to support at the very least things that are pushing positivity uh, because we, our culture is dying and I'm just talking about this world. I'm not, I'm not even talking about eternal stuff. I know you guys are, are on the same page on eternal stuff, but even just like the time between now and eternity can be heaven or hell as well. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and a lot of stuff that is going on in, in our world and our country right now uh, is just like hurting a lot of people. And, and I, I think they're, we're in some dangerous territory and like, we've got to have light coming from our music. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, that, and that's why I jokingly mentioned, you know, artists that are, you know, having sex with Satan in their videos. It's like my frustration to this day is that there's, there, I hear complaints that, oh, this is going on. There are so many worthy God-fearing, God-glorifying artists of, you know, if you don't like Jay Dirt or Illustrate or Shadow Locust, no matter, it's like, don't find, the in whatever music culture, so many God-glorifying creative artists that are so worthy of your time and your money, it's, if you're not doing that, then, you know, don't complain then, you know, you're yeah. gonna, you're gonna have to, uh, put up with uh what you don't support if you support it more of it happens uh if you don't support it more of the thing that you don't like is gonna happen that's just how it works you know yeah well it's, it's even i tell people it's like you know i mean i still you know i mean i'll get a spotify premium whenever it's like you know three months for 10 bucks <laughs> but it's like but but it's because it's like i'd rather like buy an album so i like going to band camp I'm saying and so you spend 10 bucks on one album that's what we used to do you know we used to wait every tuesday yep. friday or whatever but it's like you know waiting for the album releases and so it's like sometimes it's like okay you know what like streaming's cool like i mean i think it's cool in the fact that it's like there's times like i can preview albums maybe it mitigates illegal downloading i don't know maybe that's just too you know 2000 napstery you know large old rick metallica but it's like I like streaming the facts sometimes I can just listen to whatever, but usually I'm just previewing it to be like, do I actually want to spend legit money on this? Cause I spend time to make the money. And so it's like back in the day, it's like, whether it was Christian or not, you know, there's times you'd spend, you know, 15 to 20 bucks on a CD and it's like, Oh, three songs were dope. And now like I'm less left with this thing, you know? So, um, you know, streaming has its place, but at the same time, it's like, if you want people to keep making money, it's like, to be able to keep doing these things, it's like, you know, go in and, you know, even if it's a pay what you can thing, drop $1, you know? Yeah, right now, the uh, the Locust, this uh, Mighty Army Cometh Volume 2 is, you know, you can go in and see that it's like a dollar a song, but if you buy the whole album, it's $10. 10 freaking dollars to have 23 songs and i i will give you a dollar back if you don't like any of them i mean they're just <laughs> really dope songs you know you're gonna like something on this album but ten dollars for 23 songs you know there's artists out there that are just trying to kind of rip you off for your money and if they know they they're gonna sell an album for 10 bucks they're only gonna put 10 songs on it but 
again, we really go to bat for you guys. We want to fill your 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 music player up with as much music as possible. So show us some love, show us support, and allow us to keep doing it. And also, it's not going to be seven years in between the next releases. Yeah, I, yeah. I, well, yeah. I'm hoping. Uh, well, you don't sound very confident. <laughs> well, it's just uh, it uh, it takes a lot of effort and time. So, yeah. Well, no, I'm going to yeah. put this out there just so it's like on record, even though it's been said like in chats and what. Um, also, you know, myself and a couple other like, you know, SOTL DJs are trying to put together maybe like a mixtape, maybe two. We'll see. But, you know, maybe have some like demos, remixes, rarities or whatever, just to kind of keep the fire burning in between releases, keep the, you know, the buzz. Um, so. I'm and the thing that- I think uh, us locusts are learning, uh, hopefully now at this point, even though I was kind of hoping it would be a lesson learned many moons ago. Y'all can do it, bro. You don't need my old butt to do anything you know it's like <laughs> you guys are coming up with such dope and creative ideas and and uh let's go and let's go and do them you know because we've talked about this before uh nomadic is i've always hated the word potential you know it's like i don't like getting told that i have potential because to me that means something's not done there's a reality and then there's potential potential it's great and all but it just means that something is not complete and this crew has so much potential man it is so amazing you know when when nomadic you hit me up about you know you and a couple of the djs getting together and just doing mixes of songs and adding you know extra oh my gosh that would be so dope don't wait on me for it you know like that's that's the beauty of this crew is that uh no one is a dictator you know it doesn't go through a door of one person so i'm really hoping that the fans can start getting all these ideas out because they are so amazing and and so worthy you know um i i hope to get to the day where each one of the locust members has a five song ep off of the shadow locust artist name you know that would be freaking amazing so let's do it you know and, um, and I definitely think, you know, uh, an issue we've had to overcome is just relationship building. Because I know when I officially joined in 2016, like our group chat, like unless you put something, there wasn't a lot of stuff going on, you know. And it's just been, you know, then COVID hit and then we we're all kind of like, wow, the world's kind of going crazy. Like, are we going to keep doing music? What are we doing? And then we slowly started building up more momentum to where, we were interacting with each other more and it wasn't always just music, but it was just like, Hey, this chat room has been quiet for like three months. What's going on with everybody. And then slowly people start chiming in and, you know, just, just through those little things. And then sometimes, you know, we do the phone calls where it's like, okay, whoever answers in the chat, like we just chop it up for however long we can. Like those, I love those. Even it was just you, me, Ox and Kodak. You know, and, and whoever else could join whenever we did it, like those were fun and, and it helped me get to know everybody. And then they got to know me a little bit, you know, and, and it's just those little things. I think that as a crew, it, it made us stronger and it just built those relationships because now like even working on my solo stuff, you know, I may hit up Kodak like, hey, I need you on a track. 
And it's like, cool, I got you, you know? Um, so it's, it's, you know, we can talk on the phone, we can talk music. It's like, it doesn't matter anymore. Like we, we are generally building a family type situation to where we can just talk about whatever in the group chat or just reach out to each other and just check in. And so, that's our maturity. You know, I think Shadow Locust chronologically worked backwards than normal because you have crews in like secular and Christian, but you have a crew which will be a crew and then put out solo albums. Shadow Locust for over a decade was a crew that was only putting out solo albums. Like we were helping each other. And then all of a sudden we were like, hey, everybody's asking why Shadow Locust as a as a <laughs> unit hasn't put out an official album. And so we only really started doing that with the first AMAC album, really. We had that freestyle Red Room album, you know, that was recorded. Yeah, back in the, yeah, but that was recorded back in the late 90s. And that was literally the only thing you could find under the Shadow Locust title. So I'm really proud of us that now we're, putting out albums you know as shadow of the book yeah. is because really i try to tell people and illustrate and jamie would probably remember this the most but shadow locust i started not as a group i always saw it as a um well a vision but as a as a collective of pushing out quality god-fearing god-glorifying hip-hop so i so in the beginning i wasn't really pushing it as a crew i was pushing it more as an organization but the but the listeners saw it as a crew and and that kind of took over and so it just became now an artist name so come to shadow locust and get some good hip-hop let's go yeah i love it <laughs> i appreciate you guys being on um i wish we could chat all night but i'm an old man and i go to bed early <laughs> Jamie, let me say one thing because I just want to make sure it gets said. I know we've talked about a lot, but do. if you come uh, support this album, whether you're just listening to it, liking it, sharing it, or you know, whether you buy it, just know that everybody in Shadow Locust firmly, firmly, very firmly loves Jesus Christ, and you are getting not only good music, but safe music that's healthy and yeah, some of the songs are non-topical, but even those songs, you're going to find God's glory in those lyrics. So that's what you're supporting. If that hasn't been made clear, we, we love God. We love the Bible. We love people being healthy and safe and responsible in their lives. And that's the things we rap about. So that's what you're getting. If you come listen to this album. It's refreshing, my friend. Well, uh, any, anything you guys want to add? locustfist.com represent beards.com that's true that's true you can find actually uh bruisebeards.com is good to drop here because we have had a previous conversation with jeremiah dirt and uh that's worth looking up hearing a little bit of his backstory we got some of illustrate story uh i suspect we have a lot more we could get into so um, maybe we shouldn't let it go too long because we're trying to be uh, more deliberate about our recordings. We've been we've been off the scene for a little while, but uh, we're trying to batch up some recordings. So we'd love to talk to you guys again. Um, we're glad everybody joined us. Royal Ruckus is up to a lot of good stuff. Uh, some things have been on hiatus, but RoyalRuckus.com is not up to date, but the socials usually are. Um, 
I've I've got an EP series inspired loosely inspired by Fred Rogers. Uh, one record has already dropped, and the new addition uh, expansion of that is on RoyalRuckus.BandCamp.com. Uh, added a couple of special tracks on there that are not available anywhere else, um, and I've got a mixtape dropping. Um, but that's all I'm going to say. And hey, wonder if we could actually close this out with one of the songs. Is there a song that you would like to pick? Honestly, we've been trying to push, uh, uh, not play around my way. What's the other one? We got three singles. It's Mustard Tree, Play Around My Way, and... No Competition. No Competition. That's a nice one because that's got uh, us here involved in that one. If you want. When I'm brainstorming from a swarm of locusts to battle all rap boring. With the speaker cabinet in my chest That's right, the sound is coming out of my pecs And my brain is embedded a plane's black box Recording all history as it happens in hip-hop So I can study what moves the crowd to rock And how best to represent the gospel on the block Relevant, bang benevolence through the elements Of our culture with praise prevalent Music medicine for y'all ladies and gentlemen Toss it up for the thugging us sisters and brethren We are gonna fight fear and oppression With the strength of God, Babylon got problems And with these Christ conscious continents I'm completely confident there's no competition Image of militants like dispersed With scripture chiseled with fine precision Into the sides of missiles Fixing to discharge It's the nerve to pistol with the smirk off rhetoric Replicas were murderers Rap versus the severed infection Fuck up like an eye out and saw off appendages Gangrenous talent diagnosed by the doctor Scratch a battle rap cause my rhyme books my scalpel I know you think this is an attack It's actually audacity to snatch the mic from your hand And all in the name of his majesty Rain down fire blaze like Elijah on blasphemy just a formality Size up the sound of nouns Amplified You ain't saying nothing Bark is louder than your bite While we sink our teeth into vitals With poems written in freestyles There's no competition Everybody's following everybody, no cardio Social media, feeding habits, no audio A stovepipe in a rat race, same barrio Jumping for affirmation, but no Mario Yeah, so how long will the ceiling last? Not longer than the Fed agent in Sicario dying fast Yep, at a border pass I'll take the segue to smack life back into a dying ass Not the typical fire and ash, but a reminder God's will is a sidewinder to Orion's path so when these websites didn't respond to volume one, I was surprised, but they responded with a giant laugh. I see it's all business, and they're dying fast. While we outlast, like stock high and crash.
Got God on our heart.